Welcome to our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Jen Hendrich, and I'm the middle school pastor here at Rolling Hills. For the past few weeks, we've been in a series called Jesus, Life-Changing Conversations. The conversation that we'll be diving into today is Jesus' conversation with the woman at the well. Pastor Jeff will be highlighting the significance of Jesus' words to this woman and how he is the savior of all people, including the lost, the broken, and the hurt. Now let's hear from Jeff. Conversations, they happen all the time. Some are fast and and passing and some stay with us. They linger. But there's power in conversations, right? And yet many times we have conversations and we kind of say the things we don't mean. Have you ever been there and you you said something and then immediately when you said it, you're like, no, it's like you can't get the words back, right? You know, oh man, they're gonna misconstrue this. I'm not gonna understand this. And, And so we have those times where you send a text and you hit sin too early, and you're like, oh, no, you know, I didn't mean that. It's not what I meant. And we have, uh, at our staff, we have an employee of the month. I love our staff team here at Rolling Hills. They're amazing. We just get to serve with such godly men and women. And and so we have this employee of the month, and you can submit people that you think are doing great and write a little thing about them, and it's anonymous. You send it in, email just to one person. And the other day, somebody sent theirs in, but they hit reply all. So the whole staff, right? And now, fortunately, they said really good things about the person, which was great, and they said great things about them. Uh, but then immediately, all the replies were like, well, what about me? You know, like, uh, what did you know? Like, I'm not employee of the month, right? You know, and, and the person's like immediately back, oh, no, I'm so sorry, I meant you too, you know, and everybody. And, and we have those times in our lives where we say things and they don't take in the right way. But at the heartbeat of a conversation is to be fully understood, to really share your heart, to to know what you're saying. And we've said this, the depth of the conversation reveals the depth of the relationship. And the people who really know you, they know your heart, right? And so you say something, oh, that's all right. You know, I oh, know what you meant. I know, because they know you. But there's power in words. And the things that we say and the reason we've gotta be so clear and, and when you're in a relationship, right? When you're dating, you wanna be really clear. When you're with your spouse, you wanna say something because you say the wrong thing or, when you're with your kids, especially your teenagers, right? You wanna say the right thing and you want them to know your heart. Jesus was the master at conversations. Jesus was the master. He started up like, how you doing? But he moved to the heart quickly because he wants us to have a relationship with him. And the greatest relationship any of us can have is a relationship with Jesus and allow him to see us fully, that we can be fully known and fully accepted because of the grace of God. Hey guys, welcome, it is Palm Sunday, and I am so glad that you're here, I'm so glad you're here. Franklin, or if you're watching online from wherever you are in the city, the country, the world, and we are in this incredible series, this Easter series, and we're talking about life-changing conversations with Jesus, and we're seeing how Jesus wants a relationship with every one of us, and it changes our lives. We begin to understand the depth of those conversations, the depth of the relationship that we can have with Jesus And so we've been walking each week and looking at these different conversations. And on this Palm Sunday, I want you to see an incredible conversation that Jesus had with a woman. It's a woman at a well. But it's a conversation I believe that'll impact all of us today. So if you have a Bible with you, I invite you up with me to the book of John. John chapter four, John chapter four. New Testament, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all talk about Jesus, the four gospels so you can read through those and and just see who Jesus was and what Jesus came to say to you and to me. And so we're gonna be here in John chapter four. Maybe it's a story you've heard before, but man, the depth and the richness is so powerful 
and what God wants to say to us. So look here, John chapter four, verse one. It says, now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. All right, so Jesus is down in Jerusalem area and his popularity is exploding, right? Everybody's coming to Jesus and Jesus' disciples are baptizing people. The Pharisees, the religious leaders, right? You're seeing this tension. We're on Holy Week, right? We're leading up, you're seeing this tension come to life here. So the religious leaders are like, wait, wait a minute. People are saying you're the Messiah. Hold on, you know, who are you? And so this tension's happening. And so Jesus, sensing that tension, knowing the time it was right, he leaves Jerusalem area and he's going up to Galilee. He's going back up to the Sea of Galilee, you know, where Peter, James, John, fishing, all those things. Now he had to go through Samaria, verse four. But now that's not technically correct because most Jews, if you were a good Jew, you didn't go through Samaria. In fact, you walked around Samaria. You wouldn't even step foot in Samaria if you were a Jew. See, the Jews hated the Samaritans. So you got Jerusalem, Judea, this area down here. You got Galilee in the north. Samaria sits kind of right in the middle. But most Jews would literally walk around the country. I mean, they would take an extra day or two days sleeping outside the whole bit just so they didn't have to step foot in Samaria. That's why they hated them that much. And you're saying, well, why? Well, you go back, there were 12 tribes that came out of Egypt. All these 12 tribes settled in the land. They were all together under David, great king, Old Testament, right? Solomon, everything's flourishing. And then the kingdom is split in two. You had the 10 tribes in the north and two in the south. And then in 722 BC, the Assyrians conquered the northern kingdom. They carry off the northern tribes into exile. And when they came back, they began to intermarry. And the Jews in the south said, no, 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 no. So they called them half-breeds. They called them dogs. They hated them. And look at this. It says now he had to go through Samaria. Jesus, instead of walking around Samaria, goes straight through Samaria. And he came to a town in Samaria called Sakar, near a plot of ground Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. Noon, the heat of the day. And it says that Jesus sat down there by the well. Now, what, what I love about this is that Jesus can identify with the things that we go through. Jesus got tired, right? Jesus, fully God, the divinity of Christ, yet fully man. He knows the struggles we're facing. He knows when we're tired and when we're worn out. And here he is sitting down by this well at noon. And when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Parenthetically, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And the woman's like stunned, like what? You're talking to me? You're engaging me? You're having a conversation with me? What, what is going on? And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. You notice how Jesus, he starts right on the kind of the superficial, but he quickly moves to the heart. He quickly moves to the spiritual. He starts at the physical, but he moves to the spiritual. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank for himself, as also did his sons and livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. (laughs) 
The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Guys, drawing water, it was hard work. I mean, it was the job of the women back in that day, and you would take the water jar, and the women, most of them would go early in the morning while it was cool, right? And they would go out together. The well is usually outside of the city walls, or there would be a spring or a river, and and you would take the water jar, and you'd carry it on your head, or you'd carry it around your waist, but but you would go and draw water. You would fill up your water jar, and, and you would take it back with you. Now, I think about this, right? They didn't have running water like we did. So this jar of water was all they had for the whole day. I mean, this is the water that they drank. This is the water their whole family drank. This is the water they cooked with. It's the water they washed with. This water is precious. I mean, even today, right, cities, everybody wants to be around water. You need clean water. Well, back then, it's precious. And the woman's job was to go out and and get the water, and now you're carrying it back on your head, you know, and you're trying not to let it slosh out because you're losing precious water. You're carrying it back all the way into town, and this woman's like, hey, if there is living water, I want that. I'm tired of coming here. I'm tired of doing this every day. Come on, right? And the woman said to him, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming to draw water, and he told her, go call your husband and come back. Uh... I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. You know, Jesus looks at the heart, right? And we don't know what's gone on with this woman, but man, she's been through a lot. We don't know whether she's been divorced five times or whether she was married and her husband died. Back then, if your husband died, then your husband's brother would take you as a wife so that you weren't out there alone because women had no rights back in this day. But this woman's been through a lot of death. She's been through a lot of relationships and she's, she's been through a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. And, and she says, sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but the, you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. And this woman quickly changes the subject. Did you notice that? She's like, hold on, wait, this is getting really personal. Hold on. Let me change the subject. I got this great theological question I want to ask. I got something I've been always wanting to know. So this is a good time. Let me throw it in there. Hey, where should we worship? Now, this was a big deal back then, okay? Because the temple was in Jerusalem. But remember, the Samaritans hated the Jews. The Jews hated the Samaritans. So the Samaritans didn't want to go down to Jerusalem to worship at the temple. So the Samaritans set up their own mountain and said, hey, you got to meet God over here. Worship over here. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Okay, that's pretty strong right there, okay? Let me just tell you, because everybody had to go to Jerusalem to worship. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. And what Jesus was saying, right, he's Jewish, the Messiah is going to come, the whole Old Testament, everything leading up to Jesus, everything coming there is from the Jews, Yet a time is coming and has now come. And I don't know if you underline your Bible or mark anything, but man, just mark that. A time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Jesus is saying, listen, there's gonna come a time you don't have to go to Jerusalem. 
There's going to be a time you don't have to go to the temple and have to bring with you a bull or a ram or a pigeon and have to cut it there, you know, and let the blood pour out for atonement for your sins. Praise God for that, right? There's a time coming where you're not going to have to go to a certain place that you can worship in spirit because of what Jesus is going to do on the cross, because of what this week is all about, that we can worship in spirit and in truth. God is spirit, his worshipers must worship in the spirit and the truth. This is so powerful. And the woman said, I I know that Messiah called Christ is coming, and when he comes, he will explain everything to us. See, there was this buzz, right? Everybody knew the Messiah, everything in the Old Testament, over 300 prophecies concerning the Messiah. Everybody was waiting for the Messiah. Even in historical literature, in Roman literature, people were waiting for this one who would be greater The Messiah. And look at this. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Wow. No confusion, no beating around the bush. (laughs) I'm he. I'm him. The one everybody's been waiting for. Just then the disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. Now there's not a bigger understatement in the Bible than that one right there, okay? Let me just tell you, because back then, Men didn't talk to women in public, unless it was your wife, okay? You just didn't talk to a woman. And so the disciples come back, and there's Jesus having a conversation with a woman, a Samaritan woman, and they're going, uh, but no one asked, what do you want, or why are you talking with her? I mean, it's Jesus, right? So they kind of back off. They're like, I'm not gonna say anything, but this is awkward. Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And they came out of the town and they made their way toward him. Now look at verse 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. So she goes back to the town and she's like, come on, you gotta see, he's here. And they come out and they believe. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them and he stayed two more days. He stayed two more days there in Samaria. And because of his words, many more became believers. Wow, that is a life-changing conversation for this woman and for this whole town. And, and I hope and pray maybe for us today. If you're taking notes today, if you're here, you got a worship guide with you. I'd love for you if you want to write some things down or if you're online, go to the Rolling Hills app and you can fill in some blanks. But man, there's so much great meat and depth for us today. Look at this. Number one, Jesus takes the initiative. <laughs> Jesus takes the initiative. Did you see that? Remember that verse four? He had to go through Samaria. And we said physically he didn't have to go through, but spiritually he did. Right? The Spirit of God compelling him. God said, I got a divine appointment right here. Jesus, I want you to meet this woman. Right here. Jesus had a divine appointment. Jesus initiated a conversation with the Samaritan woman. It wasn't her out there looking for Jesus, right? It was Jesus coming to her. Meeting her at noon, at the heat of the day. And think about all the barriers that Jesus is breaking down here, okay? One, you got a man talking to a woman. You got a Jew talking to a Samaritan. You got a rabbi talking to a woman who's been through a lot of hurt and pain. And back then, the rabbis kind of hung out with the religious elite. They didn't have conversations with people who were just out there, right, who've been through a lot of things. Jesus is meeting her where she is. And Jesus cares about her. He initiated this conversation. Jesus loves all people. 
Please don't miss that today. You know, we live in a country and we live in a world where there's a lot of division. There's racism, and racism is a sin. It's just bottom line is. And God loves all people. All people are made in the image of God. All people are different. Praise God, there's nobody in the world just like you. Praise God for that, right? One day when we're in heaven, there's gonna be every tongue and every tribe worshiping him. It's gonna be incredible. And we see this right here, that Jesus loves everybody regardless of gender, regardless of socioeconomic status. It doesn't matter. Our God is a God of love and a God of grace. And we're most like Christ when we love, you guys. We're most like Christ when we extend a hand of blessing to others, when we love others, when we serve others, when we give. We are being like Jesus. Hey, Jesus longs to have a life-changing conversation with you. And I don't want you to miss that today. That God in his sovereignty has sent his son to you. And you may feel like, man, no way, you know. I mean, I've done too many wrong things. I've messed up too much in my life. You know, I don't know enough about the Bible. We disqualify ourselves so many times, but please don't. Because there is a God who loves you, and God created you for a relationship with him. And when we sinned, we broke that relationship, but God didn't give up on you. And God wants to meet with you. God wants to tell you that you are special that you are unique, that you are loved. Do you know the Bible tells us that you are the apple of his eye? (laughs) You are the apple of God's eye. You are the joy of his heart. God loves you with an everlasting love. (laughs) He removes your sins as far as the east is from the west. He remembers them no more. He sent his son so that you could have an eternal relationship with him. Praise be to God, you are special. I mean, can you imagine this woman? I mean, she's like, wow. The Messiah, right? He didn't think about for you in your own life to think that God would send his son for you. Don't miss him this Easter. You know, we ain't caught up in Easter and there's a lot of things going on, right? We're making plans, what we're gonna do. We got eggs and dresses and we got, you know, food and all this. But don't miss Jesus because he cares about you. Hey, Jesus is what we all need. <laughs> Jesus is what we all need. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring. Look at that, a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The Samaritan woman was coming to draw water at noon. I don't know if you saw that, but man, that is powerful. Because you know what that means is is that she felt alone. She felt like an outcast. She was broken, she was hurting. All the women would come out early in the morning, they would come out at dawn, and, and probably because of the things that she's been through and the things that have happened in her life, she just felt like, hey, nobody cares about me. They don't wanna be around me, and I'm gonna come by myself. And it's heartbreaking. Here she is in the heat of the day, trying to carry this chug of water on her head, trying to get it back to her family. She's tired, she's worn out. Maybe you've been there. Maybe things have gotten hard and you just wonder, does anybody care? I talked to a guy a couple weeks ago and he goes, there's days I just wanna stay in the shower, you know? I'm there and I just realize all the things that are out there and I just go, I I don't wanna face it. I just just don't wanna face it. Maybe you feel like, man, I just don't wanna get out of bed. It's hard. Maybe you feel like you're an outsider. Maybe you feel like you're on the outside looking in and everybody else is going on with their life and and they don't realize what you're going through. But I wanna tell you this, God realizes what you're going through. And God cares about what you're going through. 
And God loves you even in the midst of going through it. And God meets you there at noon in the hottest part of the day, in the biggest hurt and the pain that you have in your life. That's where God is. Wow. A relationship with Jesus, guys, changes everything. <laughs> changes everything. Right? He wants you to have peace with him. He wants you to have joy in your relationship with God. He, he wants you to have peace in your relationship with others. He wants you to have peace in your own heart and own life. And the water can't do that. Only Jesus can. Only Jesus can bring change in us. He is a spring of living water. Now, I don't know if you've ever been by a spring, but if you see a spring, everything around it's green. You notice that? Why? Everything around it's alive. I mean, spring brings life. And Jesus isn't a cistern that's gonna run out of water and dry up. Jesus isn't a well that's gonna get contaminated or even pour dirt over, right? Jesus is a spring. Have you ever tried to stop a spring? You're like, you're trying to put your hands on it, just going everywhere, just kind of keeps going. I mean, he is a spring of living water. When you get out of bed, you're like, hold on, I got new life. I got new opportunities. God is with me today. God is for me today. There is living water in me today. And so the question becomes this, what water are you drinking? Is it temporary water or living water? Is it temporary? Uh, for this woman, it was from one relationship to the next relationship, and maybe that next relationship will bring fulfillment. And there's so many people today that think, man, if I could just have a, another boyfriend or a girlfriend, man, if, that next one, that, it's gonna be. If I can get married or remarried, that's gonna be the fulfillment. That's what I need. If I can get this amount of money, right, in my bank account, if I can get this amount of money in my savings, and, and so you watch it, you're like, man, that's what I need. If I can get this amount of money in my retirement plan, my 401k, that's what I need. If I can get, there's my fulfillment's there. If I can get so many likes, right, on Instagram, I can get all these people to heart me. You know, if I can get all of this stuff, then that's what I need. And we, we spend all this time on the things that are temporary. And the problem is every day it changes. Every day there's something new, and every day we're tired, we're coming back to the same well. Or are you drinking the living water? Are you waking up going, okay, God, I'm yours today. Come what may, I'm with you today. Father. I'm following you today. I'm trusting you today. God, you're gonna take care of all those things. You're gonna take care of the relationships of my life. You're gonna take care of the things that I need. You're gonna provide for me. God, my faith and my trust is in you and in you alone. You're the one I need. You're the hope in my life. See, listen, Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Messiah. He didn't want anybody to miss it. He is the one we need. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ. Christ isn't Jesus' last name. A lot of times we say Jesus Christ. Christ literally means Messiah. So when we say Jesus Christ, we're saying Jesus, the Messiah, is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. <laughs> I'm the Messiah. Jesus reveals himself as the Messiah first to a Samaritan woman. Guys, this is incredible to me. It wasn't that Jesus went to the seminaries and went to the religious leaders and says, hey guys, I'm here, here you go, right? He goes to a Samaritan woman at a well at noon. He says, I wanted to just let you know, I'm here. You know, Jesus did more for women's rights than any person in history. I mean, honestly, Jesus gave women a place at the table. Jesus said, women, you are valuable to God. You are valuable You're as valuable as men are. 
And that was radical back in that society. Sometimes even today. Jesus is with you. Jesus is for you. Jesus loves every single one of us. And he wants it to be clear. Jesus is very clear that he is the son of God. Not just a good man, not just a prophet, right? Not just a miracle worker or man, great teacher. Wow, amazing teacher, right? No, he is making it clear, I'm the son of God and I'm here and I'm here for you. See, we can't save ourselves. We can't. We try. We try to do a lot of good things. We try to, if our good can outweigh our bad, maybe God will accept me. We, we try to do, hey, I want to be very good, and then we make a mistake, we mess up, and we realize, ah, we can't save ourselves. We need a Savior, and that's why Jesus came. That's why this is Easter week. This is why it's the most special week of the entire year. This is why it's so life-changing for all of us, because Jesus came to die on a cross for you and for me. Jesus came so that we could have eternal life. Jesus came so that we could be right with God and have peace with God and have peace with others and peace with ourselves. We need a savior. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth. <laughs> Remember that? Kind of worshipers that God seeks in spirit and in truth. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That God's made a way for every one of us. Hey, when you truly meet Jesus, you can't help but tell others about what he's done for you. You just can't help it. You know, you gotta talk about it. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And they came out of the town and they made their way toward him. Guys, this woman is so excited that she left her water jar. She, she just left it. And what I love about that is she was afraid to come with the other women out to get the water. And now she leaves the water jar and goes back to those people that she was embarrassed to be around. She left her fear. She left her embarrassment. She left her disappointment. She left her shame. And she goes back and says, hey, come meet the one who told me everything. Come meet the Messiah. She goes back and impacts people. The rest of her life, it's the best of her life. God had a plan and a purpose for her. And she didn't say, I'm gonna continue to live with this guilt. I'm gonna continue to live with this shame. I'm gonna continue to live in this brokenness. No, she says, I'm gonna be different because of the grace and the mercy of God. Hey, there is a joy that comes when you meet Jesus. I just gotta tell you, there is a joy that comes. And maybe for some of you, you met Christ, you gave your life to Christ, and it was a long time ago, and you, you kind of lost some of that joy. Man, I wanna encourage you, you know, find Jesus and get that joy back, the joy of your salvation and the hope and the peace that comes in Christ. And for you to come alive in Christ and to realize that he's gonna meet all of your needs, he's gonna take care of you. You are his son or his daughter, he loves you. There's a joy. Hey, Jesus changes your life. Has your life been changed? Are you different because of what Christ has done? Does your life look different than the world? Does your life, hey, look different than all the things that are happening? I mean, you're not perfect, none of us are. But there's a difference. There's not just guilt, there's not just shame, there's not just embarrassment, there's not just brokenness. There is hope, there is joy, there is peace, there is life. And whatever comes, whatever challenges come, we know that God's love is springing up in us. It's a well, it's eternal. He is with us and he is for us. Hey, I want you to hear today from a woman in our church who's amazing. Her name's Rosanna Williams and she is a leader in our church. And I just want you to hear a little bit of her story. Watch this. 
Well, Rosanna, thanks so much for taking time to sit down with us and tell us just a little bit about your story, you know, your family and then kind of, but talk about the battle you've, you've been in. My husband and I have two boys, one that is 14 and the other that is about to turn 12, who um, we've been attending Rolling Hills since, gosh, 2007. In the fall of 2018, I went in for routine mammogram and that was when I got a call back from the office saying that they had identified something. Long story short, come to find out, it was what's considered um, stage zero breast cancer, which is DCIS or ductal carcinoma in situ, which means that the cancer is still in the duct. So they would just have to do a lumpectomy, I would take some medication and pretty much that was it. They did take a lymph node and that verified that the cancer hadn't already started spreading. Fast forward to 18 months and so, um, yeah, last August, right around my birthday, they called me back and said, we've identified something, <laughs> which I couldn't believe. I thought, I've been taking all my medicine. I've been taking all the vitamins. And, um, but yeah, uh, so then they were like, we need to have a biopsy. We need to get a biopsy. And um, it was a new thing. Because I, 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 I thought that we were done with that chapter. <laughs> And so um, my girlfriend drove me to that appointment for the biopsy. And I remember being in her truck and praying that um, if this was God's story for me, then he would help me through it. And I chose to trust him. And so fast forward, uh, the nurse was calling me, telling me that it had either it had come back, they weren't sure, but it had now gotten out of the duct. So now it was considered aggressive. It was stage one. I never... I mean, aside from the thinning of the hair and my scalp killed me. But other than that, it was really, I, I never was sick as far as nauseous. I never had any um, metallic taste. There's so many things that come with chemo and I, I never had one of them really. And so I just, I was so grateful that God just protected me through that. And um, you know, the, the biggest message through all of it was we are, this is not our home. Um, we are passing through. This body is temporary. It's just, I tell, so I work with the ninth grade girls and I tell them all the time, I'm like, this is just an earth suit. We just need it for this place. It is wasting away the minute we get it. So don't get your head wrapped around this because this is temporary. And so, but even as an adult, as a believer who's you know spent a lot of time in God's word, it was a struggle for me thinking, I'm gonna lose my hair. Like, I had great hair. <laughs> I had great, long, thick hair. And to have to, you know, but I remember a time in the journey that <laughs> it was like the Lord was saying, are you gonna give that to me too? Because I want it all. And yeah, I remember praying and just laying it all out there that if you want my hair, <laughs> it's yours whatever you want from this, it's yours. And so, so yeah, this is temporary. We're just going through. God's been with you and he is still with you, you know. Um, talk about this, just what encouragement would you give to us? I mean, you're a wife, you're a mom, you know, you've got two awesome boys and uh, you serve so faithfully at church. You've been here forever. And to your church family, what encouragement would you give us about trusting Christ and the joys and even in the struggles? We were never meant to carry the hardest burdens. Um, we may think that we can't do it, and we may be in the season of, I don't think I can make it through another day. And I don't, I, I just don't think I can. And we were never meant to. 
The truth is, we were meant to surrender that to Christ. That's why he came to say, you can't. Jeremiah, do. You can't, but I can. No matter what circumstances come in our lives, good, bad, um, the well will continue to overflow. The Lord continues to be present and alive and uh, performing miracles in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so it's about really just being rooted um, in a daily walk with Christ and, and integrating spiritual disciplines every day. Rosetta, you're a miracle, you know? I mean, you really are, and God's hand is on you. And I, I'm just so thankful. I mean, cancer survivor, um, but a woman of God. And that you now tell your story and pour into ninth grade girls and pour into everybody. And everybody who knows you just sees the joy of Christ in you. And so thank you, thank you for who you are. And thank you for what God's doing in your life. And you. we love you and we just celebrate you today. We all have a story. We have a story how God meets us. And sometimes the darkest times, the hardest times, and Jesus says, will you follow me? Will you trust me? He invites us to him. And so often we wanna continue to live for the temporary things, right? We wanna hold on to the things that, that we know instead of just giving it to God and saying, God, come what may, I'm yours. Well up in me a spring of eternal life. Well up in me a joy and a peace. And regardless of what happens to this temporary body, regardless of what happens to the, the guilt and the shame, regardless of what happens to anything else, I'm gonna follow you because you're enough for me. You know, today is Palm Sunday. And it's a day when Jesus was being very clear. He came into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey and that was fulfilling that prophecy in Zechariah 9.9. Behold, your king will come in on the back of a donkey on a colt. And I want you to see this, that Jesus, he wasn't trying to be vague. He was trying to say, listen, I'm the one you need. I'm the one you need both for now and for tomorrow and the next day, and for eternal life. I'm the one that you need. And so often we keep running back to that same well, taking that same jar, and trying to figure it out ourselves, and, and we run for things that are temporary instead of finding our worth and our value in the one who is eternal. And saying, Jesus, you're enough. But Jesus is here for you. This Easter, don't miss him. Because he has come to have a conversation with you and to tell you how valuable you are to him. You know, this morning, we had the chance to share communion. And Jesus, on the night that he's betrayed, this holy week, right, this Monday, Thursday, Jesus sat down with his disciples and had a conversation. And he shared the Passover meal, and everything was there at the Passover meal, and and they're kind of looking around going, well, where's the Passover lamb? And Jesus was like, I'm the Passover lamb. I'm the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I'm the one who has come for you. So I want to invite you to, to take the elements if you're here. If you're online, I invite you to go to your kitchen. You can get some bread and get some crackers, some wine, some juice. But to think about this conversation that Jesus wants to have with you. To not think about everybody else. It's you. And Jesus took the bread, and I want to invite you to take a piece of the bread. And after he'd given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body broken for you. 
when you're tired, when you're run down, when you're tired of going to the same well, when you're tired of drinking that same water. This is my body. It's going to be broken for you. That you can find your worth and your fulfillment in me. That you can be restored to that relationship with God. That you can have hope and that you can have peace. Take and eat in remembrance of him. And after supper, he took the cup. And he said, the cup, it's the new covenant. My blood poured out for you. See, before when we sinned, when we messed up, we were separated from God, right? Holy God, sinful man. There's a new covenant of grace. And Jesus says, my grace is sufficient. Sufficient for whatever you're going through right now, today. It's sufficient for whatever you're gonna go through tomorrow or the next day or the next. My grace is sufficient for you. Take and drink in remembrance of me. Jesus said, when you eat this bread, you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The joy of Christ, the hope of Christ, that Jesus is with you, that Jesus is for you. And that's why this season is so special. That's why this Easter is all about Jesus. We can make it about a lot of other things, but please, don't miss Jesus. He has come for you. I don't know where you are today, but God does. And just like you met a woman at a well at noon, so he sent his son to meet you. Would you allow him to speak to your heart? Would you be real? Would you be honest? What are your struggles? What are the things that you need God in your life? Bring it to him and receive the grace that only God can give. I wanna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are today, but God does. And maybe this morning, right where you sit, you say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I've been running after the things of the world that are temporary, thinking they're gonna satisfy, and I'm tired, I'm worn out. I need you. Jesus, come into my heart, forgive my sins, redeem me, restore me, I'm yours. Maybe for you today, you need that spring of water. So when you wake up, you just go, Jesus, I'm yours. Hey, overflow out of me today, fill me today. Let this day be all about you. Maybe today, there's somebody you need to go tell. There's somebody you need to make things right. Maybe today it's to hug your family a little tighter and tell them, hey, just like God loves you, I love you. So Father, here we are, your disciples today, and we are here for you, to bring glory to you. So meet us this Easter season. Don't let us miss you. Don't let us get caught up in other things that are temporary. Let us invest in things that last, things that are eternal. Thank you for Jesus and what he's saying to each of us today. In your name we pray, amen, amen, amen.
Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, where you can find great podcasts like Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, Rolling Hills Women As You Go Podcast, and more. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what's happening, ways you can connect. We are thankful for you.